Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov slash careers. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hello, and welcome back to the Rock Chalk Podcast. I'm your host, Andy Mitz. Today, on episode three of the third season, we have two very special guests for you. Uh, first, we are going to be speaking with Jill Dorsey Hall, the color analyst for uh, the volleyball broadcast for Kansas over on ESPN. So um, she talks about the volleyball team, all the things that we lost, everything that's new, all that fun stuff. So uh, just a short a short preview of the volleyball season before they really get underway. Um Actually, today, when this episode is coming out, is the season opener. Um, they had an exhibition last Saturday, uh, but they opened the season playing two different games against Arkansas, uh, one down in Arkansas and then one back up here in, in Lawrence. So so let's jump right on over to Jill Dorsey Hall. And I'm joined now by Jill Dorsey Hall. Uh, the, I guess, is it, is it color analyst or what is your actual title on, on the broadcast for the, for the volleyball team? I think that's what they call me. I know Lee Flaxic, who's my partner in crime, he's the play-by-play, he calls me JDH. So I guess I'm the person <laughs> that sits there and, and talks about what I see. Yeah, I, I think that that's color analyst. So we'll go with that. But uh, so um, obviously big year for, for Kansas volleyball, having lost a bunch of people from that last uh, that last team that we had. You know, um, that was the team that ended up going to the national semifinals. Like the, the core of that team was still in place all the way through last year. We had an exhibition this last Saturday, and I know that you were there for it on the on the broadcast of it, actually. But um, first of all, real quick, what did you see from the team there? Um, obviously, with a lot of turnover, it, it seems like it's a completely different team this year. But what did you see out of the team in terms of, like, w- what are the strengths of this team going to be this year? Yeah, they're still long and athletic. You know, it's kind of tough to replace three All-Americans on any team. I don't care who you are. You know, it's it's what Bill Self obviously has to deal with all the time from his yeah. basketball, but you know, it, it, it's a feat that you're, you're welcome because you're thinking, wow, we had some great volleyball players here and now it just speaks to the program. So you're going to be getting those recruits coming into the program. And there are, there are less with the team that's still very athletic. Um, you know, Jada Burst, the outside hitter, she's a preseason pick, all, all big 12 last year. She is going to have a lot of, a lot of touches on the volleyball and then the pen, you get a lot of attacks and she touches 10, seven Zoe, 
Zoe Hill, middle blocker, she's now an upperclassman and junior middle blocker. She's played since her time at Kansas, and she's 5'9", maybe 5'10". I think they list her at 5'11". That's stretching it, but she touches 10'5". <laughs> Ashley Smith, who's a very dynamic late to volleyball. She was an elite gymnast, actually, early on in her uh, days as a young athlete, and she hails from Vegas, and she's coming on strong, and I think she's going to be my my person to keep an eye on for a breakout season, and she has a hit if she touches 10-5. So they have a lot of athleticism that is the setter position, and, and Charleston, who actually hails from nearby Olathe, Kansas, she impressed me. She ran the middles really well. Machi Woki is another one of those athletic players that transferred from Arizona State. I didn't mention yet, but she's another one that's a high flyer, very dynamic, very quick off their feet. So they can still get physical. And then Gabby Simpson, I think, player, preseason accolades for Big 12 as well. She transferred from Colorado, was an all-pack performer, and they can look to set and also hit. She's a, she's a right-side attacker because she's a lefty. So she's going to cause some problems. And Coach Richard told me, he said, I think that she can put up numbers in the kill category as much as Kelsey Payne did, you know, and she was an All-American last year. So you got to put all the pieces together. Obviously, they got to get used to Annika perhaps running a 5-1 system, which is a one-setter system or a two-setter system. We're going to see how that plays out. But they have a really difficult non-conference before the Big 12 plays. Yeah, yeah, they definitely do. I'll actually want to get to that schedule in just a minute here. But I think you already actually answered my my question about a couple of the players that that we're replacing from last year. Obviously, Anise Heavily, um, the the All American setter that we had, you know, um, being replaced by Annika Carlson, and then uh, let's see, you said that, that Gabby Simpson was is kind of filling in for for the role that that Kelsey Payne played. What about uh, over at the the libero position? I know that that yeah. Tor Miller was was you know. Huge for us last year, and I, I know that Allie Nelson kind of kind of filled in somewhat. But uh, how how has she looked in that in that exhibition? Yeah, she's like the glue. I, I describe Allie Nelson as the personality, kind of the flair. She's always happy, bubbly. She's going to be that positive reinforcement that is now in her junior year. You know, she got to learn from the great Cassie Waite uh, her freshman year. She played last year as a full-time libero. So just another year under her belt, the game is going to continue to slow down for her. She made a couple of really nice reads. I thought her ball control looked very solid on Saturday. And then Lacey Angelo and um, Audrey Suter actually came in with a serving specialist, similar to what Addie Berry did last year. But going back to Lacey Angelo, she could push for a libero spot. I mean, she could push Allie Nelson. I know the coaches have been very pleased with her. She's from nearby Lansing, Kansas. She just reads the ball extremely well. But in the scrimmage on Saturday, she played in the middle back position. Uh, she specialized. So I think she'll get significant playing time as a true freshman. And then Audrey Suter might come in as a serving specialist, as she did a nice job. Came up with a critical ace uh, to steal one of the sets, actually, against UMKC. And that was a really tight match. Yeah, I, actually, I I can't believe I forgot that uh, that Allie was the the main lead role last year. For some reason, I was thinking that Tori Miller was, but yeah. So it's 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 definitely good to hear that we kind of have, even though it's different, it seems that we've replaced a lot of the big the big production. Obviously, they're going to have to kind of work into that and, and gel as a team, having lost such such big seniors. But getting back into the schedule, obviously, you know, we had kind of mentioned that the the especially the early schedule is looking to be pretty brutal for this team. Um, let's just kind of run through, you know, what they actually have coming up, uh, starting on Friday, which is actually when this episode is going to drop, 
They are at Arkansas uh, to open up the season, and they play a home-and-home -home series with Arkansas. So on, on Sunday, they're actually back. And then they head off to a tournament in Kentucky mm -hmm. um, that has three teams that I believe they all made the, the tournament okay, last tournament. year. Yep. Um, and then they come back home for – you know, three teams that, that aren't really, I mean, it's, it's not like that the tournament they have here at home is, is going to be an, a cakewalk for them at all. No, so. not, not at all. They play some tough teams overall. I mean, it, Coach Richard said to me, he kind of just gives me a grin like he does. And he said, it's going to be, <laughs> it's going to be a pretty heavy plate that this team's going to endure. And just to start off, I think it's interesting to play an SEC, a Power 5 conference on the road and at home right out of the gate right so that'll be a big challenge their coach who actually came from Arizona State has done a nice job now a couple of years under his belt at Arkansas and also keep an eye on you know, Jeff Long obviously the new AD coming from right. Arkansas so I think there's a lot of good interesting storylines in that one uh, how the volleyball team starts off their season with two against Arkansas yeah honestly I hadn't even thought about that angle with uh with the new athletic director but yeah should definitely I think be they chatted about it, actually. I think they, they had a, just a fun conversation <laughs> about, hey, you know, you might want to try to win that one and, and stay at Ville. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, all right. So, so I mean, obviously the other, the other big topic in terms of schedule-wise is just the Big 12 play, the, the Big 12 conference in general. You know, we had four, four teams from the Big 12 that went to the NCAA tournament last year. There were also three teams in the – I'm trying to remember what that – there was a new a new tournament. Yeah. Yep, yep. It's similar to the NIT in basketball. It's great for college volleyball. But it's much – Oh. Jill, you still there? Yeah. Oh, oh. yep. You cut, you, you cut out pretty quick once you were talking about I'm it. I'm sorry. Like, no, yeah, that's okay. It's, it's just a, it, the NIVC, and it's very needed for college volleyball. There's so many good teams past even the, the 64 you know, that get into the tournament. So it's exciting and actually some – Big 12 teams made it down to the wire in that tournament last year. It just goes to show these that that they were so close to getting in to you know the the NCAA tournament. Yeah, I was reading an article up on on KUAthletics.com and it was talking about how it was Texas Tech, TCU, and West Virginia, and they all advanced to the semifinals of that tournament. Mm -hmm. So three of three of the last four teams in that tournament were all from the Big 12. So you know that that speaks to the strength of the conference. So breaking in this new team. I mean, is there is there one or two teams in the Big 12 that you really have to kind of watch out for in terms of Kansas trying to stay up at the top there, or is it just so stacked that it's hard to really single anyone out? Yeah, I think Texas is a team that's going to fight for a national championship if they stay healthy. They're just so stacked from a talent and athleticism year after year. Jarrett Elliott continues to have a top recruiting class, and they're definitely that team at the top, you know, you're trying to knock off. And then, you know, Kansas obviously was able to do that in 2006 which is awesome, but not very many people have done it um, against Texas. And then Baylor got a transfer in from the University of Maryland and Gia Milano, and she is an outstanding outside hitter. And so they got a great transfer to add to their already pretty uh, experienced squad. And their third coach, third-year head coach, Ryan McGuire, has done an amazing job down at Baylor. I think they're coming on strong. And then it's interesting, Oklahoma, was, uh, um, you know, they've had some transfers in. They have a, for a new – first-year head coach. She was actually the assistant at the University of Kentucky coming in, and I think she's going to provide a spark. And, and you know, you can never discount Kramer and PCU and 
you have K-State's always strong with, with Susie out there as a head coach, and I think she has some good players. Iowa State, Christy Johnson-Lynch, I mean, she has that program just rocking. So I think it's going to be a, a tough challenge for Kansas. They're preseason to be fourth, and I, I think that's fairly accurate. I mean, it's going to be really muddy in the middle, and from top to bottom, the Big 12 is going to be a beast. Yeah, I know we said a lot of this uh... – a lot of similar things about KU ba- basketball last year in the Big 12 that, you know, that, that middle of the whole conference could be extremely muddled. I wouldn't be surprised anybody from, um, you know, second to like eight on that list. Um, <laughs> I mean, yeah. you, you could pretty much throw them all in a hat and pick them out. And, and I wouldn't, you know, argue with that order that you could come up with. So I, it's just a completely fair assessment. And as you know, I mean, with anybody gets injured, you know, Starting center goes down. Like you can imagine, you know, if Anissa Higuli goes down a year ago, their the season looks very different, right? I mean, oh yeah, definitely. Score, but if you take down one person and you're, you know, a cog in the system, it's it changes the dynamic of your season. And uh, Texas Tech, I think, is going to be much better as well. Um, their coach has the system going. They have a lot of newcomers. That's just a team I don't know as much about, but they've gotten some good momentum, as you mentioned, getting into that NIVC. And, and West Virginia is a team that pushed Texas to five sets at, the, at their home arena, which is very difficult to play. You know, they play where they uh, volleyball, where they play basketball. So there's no – I think there's going to be a lot of teams that win out, but then they lose on the road. It's just what I expect for this season. Yeah, I mean, I think volleyball is one of those sports, too, where you really do get a big advantage from being at home. Um, even more so than than some of the more mainstream sports that that people watch all the time. So I think, you know, we we could easily see a lot of home and home series in the Big Twelve getting split this year, just because. Um, that's, I mean, you know, Kansas at home usually is pretty good. Texas same way. Like especially the the top five six teams in the conference seem to do really mm-hmm. well protecting the home court. So. And people are coming out to watch volleyball. It's a growing sport. Going as well, and so I love it for the sport. I think it's great. I think there's there's more and more parity. There's more youth playing volleyball. It's one of the fastest growing female sports in the country, which I love to see. I think it's a great team out, you know, team sport. And then also, I should the Horace Family Athletic Center is they're going to they have plans to rebuild it. So this is the 20th year of Horace as we know it, and it's it's going to be that means something, you know. And the players all know that this is going to be the last year, the last opportunity to play in the facility as it is with the hopes to obviously rebuild it after the season ends and make, right. make it larger. So that's exciting. And I think that the fans know that too. And, and they're so great. It's a very tough venue to play in. And it's a very, um, it's, it's loud too, which I love. Yeah. Yeah. Actually. I mean, I, I know that that will be a welcome addition if, you know, when they actually make it bigger. Cause I know that, um, we actually have a few people on staff over on, on rock chalk talk that, uh, you know, have wanted to get into a game or, and, and pretty much couldn't because, you know, it's completely sold out. It's really hard to get yeah. a ticket. So I actually. Well, even for alumni, it's yeah. hard. We have alumni coming up and there's only 60 tickets for alumni to get. So we're all scraping by to get in to see, which is, I couldn't be happier for that to happen. For even that to be a conversation, it makes me smile. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's 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 great. I mean, you know, it's it's been really great to see kind of the the rejuvenation of the volleyball program. Um, the more the more sports we have at Kansas doing well, the easier it is to kind of talk about all of them because we can look across the entire, you know, the the entire athletic program and kind of build off of everybody's momentum. So, 
Um, well, Joe, thank, thank you so much for talking with us. We, we definitely wanted to, yeah. to get in touch with you before the actual season rolled around. Um, so, so most of the broadcasts, I believe, are on ESPN Plus. Is that correct? Exactly. Yeah, ESPN Plus. Because I think the subscription is only five dollars a month. I think it's fifty dollars for the year. So check it out. If you're not near campus, you're going to watch them. I know. I think Arkansas, the first one on Friday, is going to be on the SEC Network. But check me on that. But I'll have the one on Sunday. Leaf and I will. So I'm I'm excited to get the season going. And just you know, we we got so used to Rigdon and Payne and and Hamili and, and Tori Miller and Addie Berry and. So it's it's going to be different. There's new faces, but they're still great. They're going to be a great team, and they're going to be very dynamic. So come out and watch them. Tune in. Yeah, I'm definitely looking forward to it. All right. Well, where can the, the listeners find find you online? Yeah, you know you can follow me on Twitter. It's Jill Dorsey Hall, and um, I usually post this, but it's still a picture of Lisa and I. Trying to do a better job of getting some warm ups and getting some more live action, maybe on Instagram as well. So. Uh, give me a follow, and, and if you want to be along for the volleyball season, I try to share some interesting tidbits or story as as, as well. Sounds good. All right. Well, yeah, I will. Okay. I know. I know that we follow you from the podcast, uh, Twitter, and everything. But uh, I'm sure. I'm sure we can. We can get more people paying attention as well, as the year goes along. So I appreciate um, it. Yeah. Thanks. thanks. Thanks for joining us. I, I hope that we get to catch up with you again at some point during the season, maybe right before Big Twelve play starts. We definitely should, and then also to talk some women's basketball because I think they're oh, yeah, definitely here on the on the upcoming as well for them. So sounds great. All right, great. Thanks, thanks so much. All right, all right. And that does it for our volleyball season preview. Now we're going to jump over to a quick interview with Clayton Truder from Down the Drive. That's the Cincinnati SB Nation site. Um, he has been doing predictions for a while now, actually, of all the different conferences. Recently, he dropped the one that for the Big 12, and the results were a little surprising. Um, we had a big reaction from, from all of us over on Twitter, and so we uh, we asked him to come on the podcast, and, and I, I was able to spend just a little bit of time breaking down his predictions and what he thinks is going to happen in the Big 12. So let's go ahead and jump right on over to Clayton. And I'm joined now by Clayton Truder of Down the Drive. That's the Cincinnati Bearcats SB Nation site. He calls himself the Miss Cleo of college football. So, first of all, really quick, before we get into the actual predictions you made, what what made you decide to look at all of the conferences and, you know, make predictions for all of them? I've been doing predictions for the last four seasons. But By the way, thank you, Andy, for having me on. Uh, I've been doing predictions for the last four seasons for Down the Drive for the, the entirety of college football. I write a weekly prognostication column off, and it's a little – on the irreverent comedic side, as well as also trying to provide analysis. So I try to offer a little bit of a fun alternative to some of the other uh, prediction columns. In terms of the Miss Cleo of college football, I actually got that nickname from Billy Corbin, uh, the uh, the director, who I had predicted Cincinnati upsetting Miami three seasons ago, and they, in fact, did so. Uh, so <laughs> in our banter back and forth that week, I, I got that nickname and have hung on to it tightly ever since then. Yeah, I, I can imagine. If you make a prediction like that and it comes through, you, that's definitely something you want to kind of wear as a badge of pride. So, All right, so let's jump to you've, – you've been running through all the different conferences, and a little bit ago you, you jumped to the Big 12. And I was – honestly, I was a little shocked to see the predictions that you had. First of all, you started off with a tweet saying that KU was going to make a bowl game. So let's, let's go ahead and start there. What, what, what is it about this Kansas team that you have enough faith in, I guess, to think that they can jump up and actually get six wins? 
I've always been a strong believer in the idea that good seniors can beat great underclassmen, and this is such a veteran Kansas team. I think people are overlooking them as a result of it. There's a tremendous amount of defensive talent, obviously, with Joe Deneen and Daniel Wise, who are as good as any players in their position in the country, I would argue. Um, you have an offensive line that's going to be healthy coming back. You have a strong backfield. Um, Steven Sims Jr. is one of the best playmakers in the conference returning. I just don't understand why people – are not seeing this Kansas team as potentially even being a 500 team. That's where I see them. I envision them as being a six-win club. I have them beating uh, Nichols, Central Michigan, and Rutgers in a non-conference schedule. But I, I also rate them as being stronger than Texas Tech, Iowa State, and Baylor uh, coming back in large part because of the veteran leadership. I think that under David Beatty, Beatty's leadership has been built uh, in Kansas. So I guess that's my general reason for optimism about this team. And uh, I guess I don't understand why other people aren't looking at this team and seeing that this is going to be a team on the move, um, a team that's improving this year. It, it just seems like they're matching up well with a lot of their the lower-level peers in this conference. So so I guess, I mean, you talked a lot about the defensive side of the ball. And, and I guess, I mean, I can understand having a lot of faith in, in that side of the ball. The problem has always been, and I think will continue to be this year, the offensive side of the ball. They are They are trying to break in – they're going to have at least four new starters on the offensive line. Um, they haven't really shown the ability to get a quarterback to really perform at all, and a lot, I think a lot of that has to do with the offensive line. Uh, are, you, are you basing this solely on the defensive side and the talent there, or what are your expectations for the offense then? Well, from what I've read, I mean, I, I probably watched three of Kansas's games last year, and what I've read preparing for this year is that 10 different guys started on the offensive line last year. Right. Uh, you have, a, I mean, Khalil Herbert's a heck of a running back. Uh, the Puka Williams coming in, it seems like Kansas recruited half of Louisiana to come play for them this year. It seems like there's a lot of new talent on the offensive side of the ball, which has been brought in. If you can have a stable and healthy offensive line, I think they can move the ball. And when in, when in combined with a good defense, in many ways that offers an alternative to a lot of the other um, of offensive approaches in the Big uh, 12. Um, I'm a little unclear what's happening, what's happening with the quarterback situation. Has, has there been a, a starter uh, determined yet? No, no, and that's actually that's a that's a sticking point with a lot of Kansas fans. Is that this is now the the third year in a row where we've gotten to within the last two weeks, and there's no indication that they've selected a starter at all. Um, we do have, I mean, three guys that could do three different things: Peyton Bender, kind of having more of an arm and and being an established thrower. Um, Car- Carter Stanley is more of a scrambler, and you know can can get stuff with his feet and, and all of that, but he's not necessarily as good uh, with his arm itself. And then Miles Kendrick is a brand new guy. Wasn't here last year. Um, he seems to be kind of a blend of the two. If if I was putting money on it, I would say he, he probably is the, has the best chance of being the most successful just because he's more of a complete package, I think, than the other two guys. But a lot of that is going to just depend on the way that the offensive line has been going. So there's definitely three different options. I can understand why it may be difficult to make a decision, but, yeah, they still haven't given any indication that they're ready to make a decision yet. I saw some of the clips of Kendrick at the College of San Mateo, and he struck me as having a very powerful arm as well. He's a little undersized, but clearly, judging from the Big 12, that doesn't stop guys from becoming big-time quarterbacks. Yeah, yeah. I mean, so I, I think that most of the fan base, at least over on Rock Chalk Talk, are hoping that Miles Kendrick gets gets selected to be the starting mm-hmm. quarterback, mainly because he's the one that gives us the best chance. and. While while there's not a lot of hope that David Beatty is going to be able to pull it together this year and, and get enough wins to keep his job, we would like to at least see some sort of competence from the offense this year. So absolutely, 
All right. So, so really quick before we go ahead and get out of here, I just wanted to uh, to kind of run through the the rest of your predictions because I think that there's quite a few that are surprising me here. First of all, um, the fact that you have West West Virginia leading the conference um, is this kind of a West Virginia's eking out Oklahoma or more of a Oklahoma's not going to be as good as as some people think that they are. I just have a question about the quarterback situation, whether Kyler Murray is going to be a big-time quarterback in the same way that Baker Mayfield was, at least initially. I think in, in year one of that process, my my inclination is to move towards West Virginia, which just seems like they've become the embodiment of a Big 12 team with the way they play. I have a lot of confidence in Dana Holgerson and the, the system they have in place there. So with West Virginia having a really strong team coming back, I'm inclined uh, toward them as, as the champions as, as a result of that. All right. And then the other one that really jumped out to me, well, actually the two, were the two you have at the bottom. You have TCU at nine and then Iowa State at ten. What is it about those teams that you're really not trusting this year? Well, Iowa State, I think, I have, I have a little bit of a concern that, that the eight and five was an aberration, that people are going to expect that on a regular basis from this team. If you look at the previous four seasons, Iowa State didn't win more than three games in those years. Uh, I don't I don't have a lot of confidence that this team – is going to, moving forward, continue to be in the upper echelon of the conference. I think it's more likely than not that they'll return to their previous position. I just don't know that recruiting-wise they have the capacity to compete in a year-in, year-out basis in this conference. In terms of TCU, I used to cover SMU. They were a rival of TCU. That's kind of my more irreverent aspect of the conference. I don't really think they're going to finish down there. I, I have a number of TCU readers who are not exactly fans of mine, so I do things <laughs> to try to generate some heat with them sometimes. So that that's the explanation for the TCU pick. Okay. Um, but in terms of Kansas, <laughs> I mean, in terms of Kansas, I, I think Baylor, Iowa State, and Texas Tech are genuinely weaker teams than Kansas going into the season. Yeah. So the other one that that was a little bit surprising was you have Texas Tech up at six. Um, you know, I I've seen a lot of predictions of people saying that this is kind of the year the bottom falls out for Texas Tech. Um, are you just thinking that the other teams are not quite as good, other than obviously TCU with your with your little bit of a razzing pick there? Um, like, do you think Texas Tech is is better than all the teams under them, or do you think they're just going to get luckier with some of the offensive weapons they have? I, I just find them mysterious. I find everything about Cliff Kingsbury mysterious. I never know what to expect out of his teams or out of him. They somehow seem to always end up five and seven, six and six. They look great sometimes. They look terrible other times. There's certainly a lot of talent on that roster. Dakota Allen's one of the best linebackers in the conference. Um, it seems like they have a lot of question marks on offense, but I, I, I really don't know what to think about them. I think I kind of just threw a dart at six and stuck the Red Raiders there. That makes sense. All right. Well, so so just one last question for you. Um, I've heard I've heard some people saying, you know, predicting Kansas getting a big upset, um, you know, assuming that, that Kansas isn't going to win more than one in the Big 12, that the, the big upset they get is at Texas Tech. And that's just like Texas a few years ago, that's going to be what drives Cliff Kingsbury out of town. Do you think that that's a possibility, a likelihood, or anything like that? Yeah, I, I predict uh, I predict uh, Kansas to be Texas Tech this year. I expect Cliff Kingsbury to, uh, to disappear for a while. But he strikes me, he's such a young coach, he clearly – understands what he's doing to some extent, I think he'll rebound and get another job in the near future. It just seems like he's been overwhelmed by this as, as, as this gig. He may be more effective in, say, a Sun Belt team or another one of the smaller conference teams as he builds up his, his resume. Um, but maybe this was just a little much for him as a job going back to the alma mater and coaching there. Yeah, speaking of 
and and this will be the final question. Speaking of, you know, short on a on, on a resume here, David Beatty. Um, do you think this is going to be enough this year for him to keep his job, or do you think he's going to be in the same same sort of situation, trying to latch on somewhere and build up a profile to get back to being a head coach? If he does what I think he's going to do, there's no way they're going to fire a guy who gets to a bowl game at Kansas. Fair enough. <laughs> All right. Again, uh, Clayton, Clayton Truder, thanks. Thanks again for joining me. Where can people find you online? Uh, you can follow me on, on Twitter, at Clayton Truder, C-L-A-Y-T-O-N-T-R-U-T-O-R. Or you can head to Down the Drive. That's at Down the Drive on Twitter or downthedrive.com. It's SB Nation Cincinnati Bearcats website. I thank you, Andy, very much for having me on and uh, wish the Jayhawks the best of luck this season. They'll certainly help me look better. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, and we actually have a little bit of a bet, I think, riding on the uh, results of that. If, if, uh, yes. if, if they actually go ahead and do it, I think you get an article on Rock Talk Talk and you get a takeover an episode of the podcast. So I'm, I'm hoping we get to talk to you again at the end of football season. So. Oh, I hope so, too. All right, thanks. Thanks, Andy. Bye. And that'll do it for today's episode. A big thanks to both of our guests for today, Jill Dorsey-Hall and Clayton Truder. Um, it was great to get to get caught up on volleyball and also to continue to look forward to the season. Um, I, I hope, honestly, that Clayton is right. I wouldn't mind turning an episode of the podcast over to him to talk about, honestly, whatever he wants to talk about. Um, and, and hopefully things will turn out for this volleyball team the way, the way that they need to for them to be competitive in a, in a brutal Big 12 this year. So um, as always, make sure you guys follow us uh, on Twitter at RockChalkPod. You can contact us through email. Uh, the, the email address is RockChalkPodcast at gmail.com. You can contact me on Twitter at Mr. Double underscore Brain. That's Mr. then two underscores Brain. Um, we again are, are looking forward to the football season starting. We are we are a week away, and uh, actually next week we will be having a couple of the other writers on Rock Chalk Talk coming on the podcast to help us finish off our previews. So we will uh, definitely look look forward to that. If you haven't already, go ahead and jump over to iTunes, uh, rate, review, all that fun stuff. Give us five stars, please. It really does help us get the name out there for the podcast um any other podcast apps you guys want to try to get on to just let me know and i i can definitely get get us on there so um all right thanks again for listening guys and we will catch you next time on the rock chalk podcast sports social podcast network it is ryan here and i have a question for you what do you do when you win like are you a fist pumper a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.